the Lord together.
because there's no one like you, God. We magnify your name. We glorify you, Lord. And I bless your name, Lord.
God bless you today. It is so good to have you with us at the Gap Hill Church of God here through our Facebook ministry and uh, through our recording today. We want to thank you for joining with us. Thanks to everyone that during this season, staying connected through Facebook, YouTube, thank God. Again, I said this last week, but thank God for these outlets and these means to which uh, we can get the message of the gospel across, not only to our members, but also literally to the entire world. So thank God for that ability. Today I want to deal with the subject. I think it's very relevant with what we are dealing with uh, today. And, and so I want to preach on the story of Job to an extent. Not going to go into all the details like your normal Job sermon. But I do want to deal from Job chapter 42 uh, verse 1 through 17 is kind of the focal point of the sermon today. I want to speak on the topic. If I title it, it will be this. Getting back what you've lost. Getting back what you've lost. Sir Winston Churchill, who many of you know, was the Prime Minister of England during World War II. He was known as the great orator because he could speak and he would inspire people with his speeches. Well, one day he got called. It was about three years he spent trying to finish his eighth grade education to which uh, he had a hard time, but he was called back to that graduating class at that same school of his old school to give a speech to those that had graduated. The crowd was enthusiastic. They are waiting on the, the words of wisdom that, that Winston Churchill is going to give them at their graduation. He walks to the lectern with his normal props, which is a top hat, a cane, and an unlit cigar. He goes to the lectern. He puts his top hat on top of the lectern. He removes his unlit cigar. And this is what he shouts out loud. He says, never give in. He pauses for a second. And then he shouts even louder. Never give in. Never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never. With just a few words, he picks up his hat, his cane, and his cigar, and he walks out. This is a spirit that I think that, that Job had, a spirit even like Sir Winston Churchill would, would bring to that graduating class. It is a spirit that, that God says you can never give in. You can never give up regardless of what is going on around you. Now I want you to notice that in the story of Job, God would give him back everything that he had ever lost. Now Job's story, as many of you know it today, it could have ended in tragedy. Job's story could have, uh, could have ended in bitterness. It could have ended with a man that was agnostic, which means that he loses faith in God. He doesn't even know whether he believes in God or not because he doesn't understand what God has done to him. A matter of fact, it could have led him 
to be suicidal. It could have t- he could have taken his own life during this time, as many people do when they get in a low state of depression. Instead of these things, Job would soar on the wings of faith. He would rise above it all. He would learn what it meant to be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I want to tell somebody today, God help us. We need a fighting spirit. We need a spirit that is determined, that says, I will never give in. It doesn't matter what comes against me. It doesn't matter what happens on Wall Street. It doesn't matter what happens in the White House. It doesn't matter whether we have global pandemics such as we are in now. There's one thing that I'm going to focus on and that is my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And there's one thing I know by the help and grace of God I will never give in to the adversary. I will never give up. I want to follow Jesus All the way. Now Job discovers God's power of restoration. It is through the story of Job that we find that God can mend a broken heart. We find in the story of Job that God can restore us back to our original condition. In other words, we can recover everything that we lose. A matter of fact, God can give us more. Grace can restore us. And I'm talking today, spiritually, that God can give you back what you've lost. I'm saying physically today, your lost health, God can give it back to you. I'm telling you financially today, what you've lost, it's going to come back. I'm telling you today in your relationships that even though they may be shaky now, I'm telling you that if you will put your trust and your faith in God just like Job did and the same spirit of Sir Winston Churchill to never give in, never give up and to keep on moving forward, if you will do that, God will help you to get back everything that has been lost or that the enemy has taken from you. Somebody ought to say amen. Now this is the thing that I want you to grab today. And it's interesting, you know, we we look at the stock market with all that's going on. I've been watching it over the last couple weeks. And the one thing that you notice is some of the, it's like up, down, up, down. One day we gain 2,000. One day we lose 2,000. One day we lose 1,000. Then we gain 1,000. It's been up, down, up, down. And what some have said, those that are bullish, meaning that they believe that the economy is going to jump right back, and they're saying, you know what, just hold on a little while longer. It's coming back. And what they're trying to tell you is just don't sell, just wait, because it's coming back to its original position. It's coming back to the place, and everything that right now you have lost you're going to get it back. See, this is what I see about Job. Although he has experienced despair, rightfully so, even though he has went through depression, rightfully so, he turned to God, and I'm going to show you by the end of this sermon today, he was blessed twice as much as he was before he started going through the mess. Now, I'm going to give you a running list of Job's life. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm going to give you a running list of Job's feelings. I was reading the other day about the coronavirus and COVID-19 and, and one of the psychiatrists has written out on her blog the list of seven different feelings or emotions that you are going to deal with throughout the shutdown. Whenever the governors and the presidents are saying stay away, stay in your house, hunker down so to speak. And she said there's going to be different emotions. I won't read it all for time's sake, but I will tell you this. She basically said what's going to happen, you're going to start off this thing and you're going to say, man, I'm really enjoying this. This is great. 
She said, you're going to look at your garage and think, I've always wanted to clean that garage. So during this time, guess what you're going to do? You're going to clean the garage. She said, but eventually, you're going to get all those little things done. And you're going to go through a different set of emotions. You're going to start getting bored sitting in the house. Not only that, you're going to get irritated. You're going to snap at your husband. You're going to snap at your wife. You're going to get a little snappy with the kids. Because y'all have been shut in this house for way too long. You're going to deal with different emotions. One of the emotions she talked about was even getting to a place of depression. Now I want to show you some of Job's feelings from chapter 3 to chapter 30. Are you ready? In chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible said, after this Job opened his mouth and he cursed the very day that he was born. He gets to a place that he wished he wasn't even born. He says, verse 25, what I feared has come upon me. That means my anxiety is through the roof. I knew this was going to happen. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. Anxiety and stress will kill you, folks. And then in chapter 6 and verse 9, he said that God would be willing just to crush me, to loose his hand and cut me off. In other words, I wish God would just let go of me, just drop me, just let me die, give up on me. But aren't you glad God never gives up on us? Hallelujah. And then he goes on in, in chapter 10. He says, I hate my very life. Therefore, I will give free reign to my complaint. I'm going to speak out in the bitterness of my soul. I am going through hell and high water. I'm bitter in my soul and I'm going to let the world know it. I'm going to tell everybody just how I feel. In chapter 14, he says, man born of woman is few days, but they are full of trouble. In chapter 17, he said, my spirit is broken. My days are cut short. The grave is waiting for me. In chapter 30, verse 19, he said, I am reduced to dust and ashes. You know the story. He clothed himself in sackcloth and ashes. He goes on to verse 26 of chapter 30. Yet when I hoped for good, evil came. When I looked for the light, guess what? He says, darkness entered. See, in verse 27, he said, the churning inside of me, it never stops. Days of suffering confront me. In other words, what Job is saying, I have reached a state in my life that this thing is gnawing away at me. I can't sleep at night. I can't even eat food. It is a churning inside of me, but despite these feelings and this up and down and this emotional roller coaster of not knowing what was going or to happen or not this is what Job says I believe God is still going to restore me and I'm going to show you this there are four points today that I want you to grab and they're easy very simple sermon that every one of us should be able to grab number one I want to give you the things that Job did number one he looked up you've got to look up folks Listen, I see Christians all the time walking around with their head down, looking like they lost their best friend. Look up! You don't have to be discouraged. Job finally decides. Job prayed to God. I'm going to give you chapter 42 and verse 2. Job said, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Now, the one thing I want you to see first is this. The first words that Job says is he says to God, and he's praying to God, and he says, I know that you can do all things. I love the word, 
I know. How many of you know today that God can do all things? That is why Job was able to say later on, I know that my Redeemer lives. I'm glad to report to you today that I know it doesn't matter what you are going through. It doesn't matter whether we have to get a layoff or not. Let me tell you something. God is going to supply my need. God is going to take care of His children through this pandemic and through any other thing that may hit this world. God has His hand on your life. God has His hand on your family's life. And I know one thing, if I don't know anything else, and I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I know this, that God can and will do all things for His children. You need to look up unto the hills because your help doesn't come from below. The devil isn't going to help you. Anything in hell cannot help you. Anything on this earth cannot help you but if you will lift up your eyes look up to Jesus Christ you will find your help that you have and that you need it will show up when you look upwards now notice what he says here this is interesting he says I know you can do all things no plan of yours can be thwarted now I looked up the word thwarted because I'm a word junkie But when I look up the word thwarted, this is what it means. Are you ready for this? The word thwarted means opposed successfully. Now, 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 now I want you to just, let's just take a moment here. The word thwarted means opposed successfully. So it would mean, I know you can do all things, and no plan of yours can be opposed successfully. Now, I want to break this down for everybody, and I want us to look at each word at the time. God is not saying that His plans for you will not be opposed. If I had a church full of people right now, I'd say somebody ought to shout now forever, hold your peace. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. What I'm telling you is that people may oppose God's plan for your life. I've had people oppose God's plan for my life. I've had people that have come against me and and said words and they've tried to hurt me. Tried to say, you'll never make it. Even when I was younger, people thought, oh, you're proud. You, God can't use you, and, and you'll never be a preacher. You'll ne- I heard all those things, even as a little kid. People saying things that were discouraging to me, trying to, to cut me down. But I want to tell you something. Even though man may oppose God's plans for your life, The devil's jumped on my shoulders before and said, boy, you ain't worthy to do this. You don't deserve to do this. You're not good enough to do this. You're not talented enough to do this. Everything you're doing is in vain. And I know there's somebody watching today that's a pastor, that's a leader, that's a church member. And you've had the devil do the same thing to you. He's jumped on your shoulder and told you how low down and dirty and good for nothing you are. Let me tell you, all he is trying to do is to oppose the plan that God has for your life. He can do that. He or she, whoever he or she is, they can do that. They can try their best to oppose God's plan for your life. But what Job is saying is even though they oppose the plans you have for me, they will not be successful in doing so. Listen, rejoice not over me, my enemy. For when I fall, I will get back up 
again somebody needs to tell the devil today devil you're trying to oppose God's plan for me but you can not do it God is not going to allow you to because every time you try the spirit of God is going to lift up a standard against you get thee behind me Satan you will not win this battle I'm looking up because God is where my help is going to come from the first step in overcoming life's difficulties is to look up to God in faith it is believing that God will work all things for my good it is believing that no matter what is going on around me I think it was in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 through 2 we are told set your hearts on things above that means your passions. That means your priorities. In other words, they need to be upward. They need to be heavenly, not carnal. Listen folks, sometimes we get our priorities out of whack. Sometimes we look to the wrong places. Sometimes we get to the place that our priorities get so confused. Our passions and our drive in us is not towards the things of God. It gets towards the carnality and towards the carnal things of this world. Let me tell you something. God says to us we need to make sure that we balance our priorities. We need to make sure that He is always first because when God is first in your life, when God is priority in your life it doesn't matter what circumstances are going on around you your heart is in the right place when you do this you can be victorious not only that, set your hearts on things above, he also said set your minds on things above, that is your attitudes, that's your thoughts, your thoughts should be heavenly, the way you treat people should be heavenly it should be right it should be like Jesus it's not how can I get that promotion no it's about how can I promote the kingdom of God see when you begin to think right God will bless you because when you get the looking upward instead of looking around you at this old world what's going to happen is you're going to get a kingdom mentality and so you're going to pray God whatever you do with me if a promotion is what it takes then I'll take that promotion but God wherever you can use me at use me just as long as you are lifted up and all men are drawn unto you as long as I promote the kingdom of God in what I do then bless me and I promise you if you have the right mindset and keep it looking upward towards heavenly things I promise you God is going to bless you and secondly Job says you have to look in now this one's a little tougher we can shout about looking up we can rejoice about that that's exciting yes praise the Lord let's look up our help comes from God we love that kind of preaching. But when Job starts talking about looking in, everything changes. The dynamics change. Because it is at this point that Job begins to confess his own sins. He begins to confess his own negative attitudes. Let me tell you something. We're good at seeing everybody else's negative attitude. We're good at telling other people their sins. We're good at telling people, oh, I saw you do this, or I heard you say that. We're good at pointing the finger. But man, it's so hard when we have to look inside of our own heart. 
But Job one day says it this way. He said, I abhor or I hate myself. He said, I repent in dust and ashes. What Job figures out is I need to look in my heart. Each of us need to elevate our, the condition of our heart before God. I mean, have you ever, ever hated the person you had become? Have you ever, and I know I have. Have you ever looked in the mirror? And when you looked in the mirror, you thought to yourself, my God, what happened to you? When you looked in the mirror, you said, what have you become? Why have I become so selfish? When in the world did I become so rude? When in the world did I become so pessimistic? When in the world did I start looking at all the negative? When people ask me about the outlook or the prognosis, I'm always speaking negative things. I'm always talking derogatory. I'm never lifting them up. I'm never encouraging them when you look in the mirror and you think I used to be an optimist I used to be a person that saw the good in everything and you begin to ask yourself what in the world has happened to me what have I become and Job during this time he's dealing with so many emotions that bitterness is trying to set in he's hurt people have hurt him he feels like God has hurt him but he said, I'm going to repent. See, when you repent, it changes your mind. It involves feelings. It involves thoughts. It involves actions. Repentance does. See, in Acts 3.19, he said, repent. That is looking inward. He says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. He goes on in 2 Peter 3. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you. Aren't you glad? Because I've failed Him many times. I thank God for His patience. He said He doesn't want anyone to perish but everyone. You ought to say that. Everyone to come to repentance. That's the God that I serve. What do I need to repent of? I'm afraid I need to repent of my attitudes. Job says I've got to look at my attitude. Job had some prideful thoughts that he admitted to. But let me show you. Listen, I've allowed circumstances to get the best of me. And that's what Job's saying. I've allowed these circumstances around me to get the best of me I thought I could handle it by myself I thought I was rich and I thought I was powerful but I figured out that overnight God could change everything I was speaking with a friend Thursday and as I was talking with him I told him I said it's amazing how that God shows us even through global pandemics not, not just the US this is a global pandemic the amazing thing is at the time of the start of this breakout, we were literally at the top of our economy. Our stock market had soared to levels it had never known before. It had gone so high, it was right at, people thought, 30,000. They even some that said that if Trump gets reelected and had eight years, that we were going to 40,000 Dow Jones Industrial. Right at 30,000. We were at the all-time high. But overnight, baby, overnight, this thing turned around. 
And now our stock market, it's, I don't know where it is at, the, at this given moment, but what I do know is it lost thousands of points, literally. Uh, at one point, dropped even to the 18,000 range, lost over probably 10, 11,000 points. It was just like, just so drastic, so fast, worse than the Great Depression days. It was horrible. And, and, and they were talking about it. It looks like it's going to crash the market and all these things. But I told my friend, I said, it shows us that God knows how to humble us. God knows how to bring us to our knees because I'm telling you and that's exactly what's going to happen when the Lord comes back everybody's going to be making merry they're going to be eating and drinking and just partying and enjoying their life but God overnight can turn the switch off or turn it back on overnight he can change everything and what we knew as our normal routine it can be gone literally overnight I thought about this pandemic it is literally global all over the world it has wrought and shook economies to their core all around the world God knows how to humble us and when we get to these places as 2nd Chronicle tells us we get on our knees and we say God if we'll just pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways if we'll just repent of our sins and call out to God look upward look inward then our God will hear our prayer he'll forgive our sins and he will heal our land God help us to repent of our attitudes help us to repent of our sins and I'm glad to report if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness praise the Lord I was reading a story and it's kind of comical but a painter would thin down paint to make it go as far as he could. So one day the church was doing bids on a restoration project. They wanted to redo their steeple. To which this gentleman got the job because he was so low. You always have to look out for those low bids, folks. Just because it's low doesn't mean it's going to be quality. And so he began to erect up his trestles. He sets up the planks. He buys the paint. He gets some turpentine, he puts in that paint so that he can thin it down. He wants to use as less paint as possible so he can put that money in his pocket. The story goes that while painting with the thinned paint, suddenly there was a horrendous clap of thunder up above. The sky opens, the rain starts pouring out like he hadn't seen in years. It washes the thinned down paint off the steeple, knocks the man off the scaffolding. He lands on the lawn, surrounded by the puddles of thinned, useless paint. He just knew this was the judgment of God on his life. He had done the church wrong. He said, I better repent. He falls to his knees and cried, Oh God, forgive me, what in the world should I do? And from a thunder, a mighty voice spoke, Repaint and thin no more. Can I tell you today that while that's comical, that God is telling us something that is not comical. God is declaring over the church. God is declaring over the world. God is declaring to us even in times like these. Repent and sin no more. God is calling us. God is challenging us even during these times. Look up to me and look in to your heart. Thirdly, he says you got to look out. Job prayed for his friends. Now, the thing about it is, he prayed for friends that had judged him so harshly. And you can read Job 42, verse 9 through 10, if you're following along in your Bible today. You'll find there that 
They accuse him of his sins and his life. As a matter of fact, they criticize his lack of faith. They told Job basically that he deserved all the troubles that he got. In short, they told him that because of his sin in his life is the reason all this had come on him. But can I tell you something about Job? Through all of this, Job was not self-absorbed in his own pain. He cared about others. What do you mean by that, Pastor? What I mean is that even though Job was going through hell and high water, he did not get to a state of mind that he said, it's all about me and nobody else. He didn't get to a state that he said, woe is me, I've lost, I'm hurting. He understood he wasn't the only person That was hurting. My God, listen to me. I want to tell somebody today. As we go through times like this. And I pray. And I prayed over my church just just the other day. I called on a phone call. And I said, God, protect our church. And I pray that that they wouldn't lose during this season. And and there's people that, I think it was uh, 3.1 or 2 million people. It was over 3 million, I'm pretty sure. That had already, in South Carolina alone, had filed for unemployment. Because they've lost their jobs. Many of them in a temporarily laid off situation until we work and navigate our way through this this virus that has hit us and and so they're temporarily laid off now I want you to understand during these times we may want to go in our little corner and we may want to cry and say woe is me why in the world would God allow this to happen to me but Job says you need to look outward you don't need to just get inward you don't need to just focus on yourself you need to look to the outside you need to understand that there's other people that are hurting too you're not the only person that's hurting there's others that are too but you know as I was studying today I thought about we've all had times in our life that you know we're, has anybody ever said anything cruel to you has anybody and there's people right now you sitting on your couch you watching your phone and your head just is shaking so hard right now because you know I'm preaching right if you were here you'd shout amen because you know what I'm talking about You've been through pain. You've had people that have said things to you and it hurts you. It hurts you. But I want to say to somebody, although it hurts, don't hold a grudge. Job is a prime example. He says, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hold a grudge against him. Forgive those who have spoken harshly against you even as Job did. Can I show you Mark eleven twenty five? 25? But when you are praying first, somebody say first, first, Forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. In another version, he said that if you fail to forgive them, my Father in heaven will not forgive you. But if you want to take it a step further, you can even pray a blessing over them according to Luke 6. But to you who are willing to listen, I say this. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those that have hurt you. God, how empowering it is. When even though the people that hurt us, we pray for them at night. Even though they tried to destroy you, you get down on your knees and say, God, would you help them today? Would you bless them today? There is an empowerment in that. I'll give you a prime example. Elizabeth Elliot returned to the Aka Indians to reach them for Christ after her husband. Many of you know Jim Elliot. He went down as a great martyr. He had been killed by the tribe in 1956. He along with five others. 
But however, his wife Elizabeth rose above her feelings of grief. And she said, I'm going to continue this ministry. I'm not going to stop it. Do you know that she went back over there to the same grounds that her husband was slain on, where they pierced him with the spear and blood ran out and he and his crew died. She went back to that same tribe and she began to love on them, forgive them, pray for them, preach the gospel to them. And today a great revival broke out because of her commitment to carry on that ministry in spite of her hurt, in spite of her pain, even though her husband had been martyred. And today that tribe is a Christian tribe. She had learned to look outward in spite of her pain. And I want to close with this. I want to close with this. Number one, we look up. Number two, we look in. Number three, Job teaches us to look out. But lastly, Job teaches us, and I love this, he teaches us to look ahead. Look ahead. The story of Job is filled with hope. We need to look to the future with hope. I am often reminded of the Jeremiah 29, 11 when I go through hardships. This is a verse that it's been a life scripture for me. A matter of fact, it has been a lifeline for me many times. God said, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Can I tell somebody today that even though Job had lost so much, his heart is filled with so much pain, it's too great for words. He cannot even describe it to us, but he looked ahead in hope for what God would do for him. I want somebody right now, you need to praise God for what he, maybe not what he's doing right now, maybe not what you feel right now, wherever you are, you may be discouraged, you may be despondent, you may be wondering what you're going to do. Some of you watching this right now, I feel for you. You may have lost your job right now. You may be one of the ones I talked about among the three plus million that have had to fill out for unemployment. I want to say something to you directly. I want you to go ahead and lift your hands where you are and I want you to begin to give God a shout of praise and I want you to say praise God not for what's going on right now but praise God for what you are going to do in my life Job teaches us a valuable lesson he teaches us to praise God even when we don't feel like it he teaches us to praise God even when we don't see a way out he teaches us to praise God and understand that God has a plan for your life. Understanding that if you believe that God works all things for your good, then this is no different. God's got something better for you. You may lose your job only to get another job that's even better than the one you had. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Somebody needs to believe that word today. After Job prayed. Somebody say after. After. Not before. Not before. Not before. See, had he not prayed for his friends, they've despised him. They've treated him wrong. But he chooses to love them anyhow. He chooses to bless them after they have cursed him. And this is Scripture. After Job prayed for his friends... His life began to turn around. God began to change it for him. The Bible says in, in Job 42, 12, 
It says the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than he did the first. Can I say it this way? What God is saying is that the end for Job was better than the beginning. So during this season, I need to tell somebody, you may think it's the end right now. No, no, no. It is just the beginning of what God has planned for you. You need to look ahead. You need to look beyond this pain. You need to look beyond what people say. You need to look beyond what the devil's telling you on your shoulder. And you need to remember that God is greater than any of these things. Job's wealth was greater than it had ever been. He got a financial blessing. The Lord gave him and his, his wife more children. You know, I want to say something here. You know, we have a meeting uh, with our district overseers, with Bishop and uh, Raven of South Carolina, and some of the things that we talked about was how do we as leaders navigate through this season. Many were concerned with the giving in their churches. Well, how are we going to get money? How, are people going to keep paying their tithes? Are people going to keep sending their offerings? We're, we're a little, you know, concerned about this season, rightfully so. But I want to say today, I thank God for our church. Now, I know there's others watching, and, and I'm sure there's people say, praise God, my church is the same way. But I want to thank God for our church. Let me tell you, if people are going to be faithful to God, it's going to take more than the pandemic to stop them from being faithful. My God Almighty, if, if people are going to bless God, it's going to take more than a flu to stop them. And our people, many of them pay online uh, every week faithfully. But many of them have dropped it in the mail. Some of them have asked us to come pick up. We've taken them CDs of the ministry. Others, when we do that, want to hand off their tithes and their offerings. People, many, several, coming in the office to, to hand us in the office their, their offering to God. What I'm telling you is you've got to know that God is going to bless you when it looks like things are going to hell in a handbasket. God comes down and says, no, no, no. There's still a group of people that are faithful. There's still a group of people that have already looked ahead. They're not going to sit back here and wonder if God's got a way out for this. No, we as the children of God already know our trust is in the Lord. We will not trust in man and their riches. We will not trust in horses and chariots. We will trust in the name of the Lord because Jesus always comes through for us. Not only does His wealth and money increase during that time of, of struggle, but the Lord gave Him and His wife more children. You remember the tornado that hit the house and when it hit the house all of His children died there? Now, God gave him three daughters, and I'm going to take their names, and I'm going to close. So just hang with me five minutes. Job's three daughters tell the story. And it brings together all I've just preached to you of how that God can give you back everything you've lost. The first daughter that he had was named Jemima. Now, Jemima means this. It means a dove. Now, many of you say, what in the world does that have to do with? You remember a dove whenever Noah let him out the ark. You remember that, right? The dove brought back the olive branch. You remember that to show him that there was life out there at the floodwaters that went down. Do you remember when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist? The Bible said that a dove descended on him from the Father. We know the dove represents the Holy Spirit. But the dove also represents the incredible peace that God can give us in the middle of our storm. I don't know about you today, but I thank God that He 
wanted Job to see. Job, even though you've been through all of this, I'm going to give you a peace that passes all understanding. I want to tell somebody, this day that we live in should be a day. What we're dealing with in America right now should be a time that we as Christians stand up and say, let us show the world that when everybody else is nervous, when everybody else doesn't know what to do, we want to show people, guess what? The peace of God is all over us. God's got this. We're not going to fear. We're not going to worry because God has everything under control. God wants to show Job, I've got it. The second daughter's name was Keziah, which means cinnamon. It describes the sweetness of God that He gives to us for the bitter times. Oh, praise God. The third daughter's name was Karen Huppet, which means a container of antimony. Now, to many of you, you say, what does that even mean? Antimony is an expensive eyeshadow. It speaks of the beauty that God gives for the ashes of our grief. Job would live to be 140 years old. He probably went through this trial about 70 when all of this tragedy hit his life. But through it all, he could say with confidence, yet I will hope in him. Hallelujah. I know my Redeemer lives. He could say all of these things. Naked I came into the world. Naked shall I return. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And in Isaiah 61, 3, here are three things that God promises to us, folks. He says, I'm going to give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He said, I'm going to give you all the gladness instead of mourning. And he said, in the middle of your circumstance, I'm going to put a garment of praise on you instead of a spirit of despair, a spirit of stress, a spirit of anxiety, a spirit of heaviness. He says, you're going to walk around praising God as light as a bird while everybody else is fretting. You're going to know that God is going to give it back to you. Everything the devil's stolen from you, God's going to bring it back. Everything that the economy has stolen from you, God's going to bring it back. But I'm going to tell somebody, whatever loss you have experienced, God's grace is going to restore it. Because look at Job 42.10. The Lord made Job prosperous again. It came back. But this is the best part of my whole sermon. And I'll leave you with this. It says, And God gave him twice as much as he had before. I want to say to somebody watching today, that I, I declare it over your life right now in the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior. Not only is God during this season going to give you back what you've lost, but I am declaring to you in the name of Jesus that God is going to give you twice as much as you've ever had. I want to declare over you just like Elijah and Elisha. That when Elijah leaves and everybody says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? God's never going to move like He did through, through Elijah. Elisha, you can't do that. But when he picked up that mantle, God gave him what? Two times. He said, I'm not only going to give you the anointing that Elijah has, I'm going to give you twice the anointing. I want to say to somebody that as we go through this mess, the devil's laughing and the devil thinks I can separate the church. The devil thinks I can cause division now. I can get in every heart and every crevice of every doubt that they've ever had and I can take advantage of that. I can exploit them during this time. But I want to say to 
to the devil and I want to say to all of hell and I want to say to every church person that this is not going to divide the church but I'm telling you that God's going to bring us back together and when we get back together it's not just going to be a reunion there's going to be a double portion of the anointing there's going to be a double blessing our churches are going to fill up again our offering plates will fill up again the anointing most importantly is going to fill our churches again God's not only going to give us back what we lost He's going to give us a double portion a double blessing of what we have lost Father in the name of Jesus right now I declare it same. bless your people that have watched this ministry today and I am praying that you would help them to understand I'm going to look up, I'm going to look in I'm going to look out I'm going to look ahead I will not be discouraged, I will not be defeated I will not be in despair I will not be downcast I don't have to do that because God did it for Job God's going to do it for me not only is God going to give me back what I lost He's going to give me a double a double portion of the blessing and spirit of God in my life and in my family and in my church in the name of Jesus Christ we declare it so you ought to shout amen God bless you today is our prayer